Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Christians often struggle to talk about areas of deep hurt like trauma or abuse, shame or betrayal. These are deep soul wounds. Friend, Christ came to not only heal us from our sin, but from our soul wounds as well. My name is Kristen Klaus and I'm a licensed professional counselor and author. And my guest and I are here to walk with you on your healing journey. We see you and hear you. Friend, if you hang with me, apply these truths to your life, you will be on your own path to a fully restored story. Grab your coffee, tea, or favorite drink, and let's get started. Hi friend, Kristen Klaus here. I have a powerful new course that is launching October 25th. This course is for women who are looking for healing from all types of abuse. Fully Restored from Abuse is a 12-week online course filled with so much information and goodness where we will dig into the root of the hurt and pain from abuse in a Christ-centered way. As a licensed professional clinical counselor, trauma coach, and one who has been healed herself from abuse, your life will be transformed from this course. If you are saying to yourself, I'm ready to be healed, I know there are soul wounds in my life from past abuse, I know I wasn't just hurt physically, but emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. If you are saying, yes, it's time, Kristen. I want to be healed. I want my life to be fully restored. Then go ahead, friend, and click the link found in the show notes for this episode. Now back to our show. Hi, friends. This is Kristen Klaus, and you're listening to the Fully Restored Podcast. I am so excited to be with you all today. As nationwide, we are celebrating Thanksgiving. It is a season of giving thanks. And today we're going to talk about a topic that many struggle with, having a thankful heart in the middle of whatever season you are facing, whether you're experiencing victories or defeats, or even if there's so much turmoil or chaos around us, how can we be thankful? Today, I'm going to be sharing with you something that I shared last year, 14 ways to cultivate a grateful heart in the midst of difficult circumstances. And I feel like this is still something that applies to today. In fact, at the end of the show, I'm going to be sharing some freebies for you. So be sure to listen until the end. And I would so appreciate it if you would subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all of our shows. And at the end of the show, if you would leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to us on, I would greatly appreciate it. Oh, and don't forget to share this podcast with your friends. So before we jump into our list, I wanted to share with you why I feel it is so important for us to focus on thankfulness now more than ever. Anxiety and depression, it's high, right? It's high for so many of us. And learning to cultivate that grateful heart will actually help us decrease our anxiety and depression symptoms in our lives. So for those of us who are listening to my show right now and you're listening regularly, you actually know that a year ago I got COVID. In fact, it's a year ago Thanksgiving weekend. And it has been a hard battle to get my health back. And I'm not fully there. Sometimes my voice still goes out on me. Sometimes I still have breathing problems. But I'm trusting and believing in my complete and whole healing. My faith and my trust is in God and in His plans for my life. And maybe this year has been difficult for you as well. Loss of loved ones, lost jobs, 
financial struggles, conflict in families with friends or at work, fears about the future with all the unrest in our nation. Those are just a few of the things that many of us have faced this past year. This past week, I heard a word, wait, numerous times from different places. And let's be honest, do any of us like the word wait? One of the places where I heard this message spoke to us was this past Sunday at church through the moving of the Holy Spirit and our pastor's message. And the week before that, a friend prayed for me and she shared with me, Kristen, don't climb through the window. Wait for God to open the door. When we're waiting, we need to be honest. We can become very impatient. I know I can. And when we're struggling with life difficulties, we can be impatient for our breakthrough. When we're in the middle of a battle, we wonder if it's ever going to end. I've been there, friends. I faced some big battles over the years and overcoming the abuse in my life, rejection from my family, addiction for myself and in our family, marriage struggles, hurt in ministry. I could just keep the list going on and on. But one thing God has taught me through all of it is to keep my eyes on Him and not on the battle that I'm facing. Scripture says, they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. And I believe that what we do in the waiting determines our outcome. I'm going to say that again. I believe that what we do in the waiting determines our outcome because we can either wait or we can try to climb in the window to get in. And I'm reminded of Paul in the book of Philippians. So Paul was in prison once again. And truth be told, if Paul didn't tell us that he was in chains in prison, we wouldn't have been able to tell through his writings because his writings spoke of thankfulness. They spoke of hope and they spoke of joy. And Paul gives such a powerful example of being thankful in the middle of a mess, in the middle of being in prison, to be thankful. In Philippians 4, verses 4 through 8, we read, Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow, for you are united with the Anointed One. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for our Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer through each day, offering faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life, then God's wonderful peace that transcends Human understanding will make the answers known to you through Christ Jesus. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on what is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. I absolutely love that version of those scriptures, and that's the Passion Translation. I love how it speaks so powerfully to the heart, to our heart, to mine and your heart. All of us at times can be pulled in different directions. We can be pulled in a direction of fear. We can be pulled in a direction of worry or the what ifs. And Paul 
Here he's reminding us to saturate ourselves in prayer with overflowing gratitude. And he's instructing us on what our thoughts should be fixed on. So keep your thoughts fixed on what is authentic and real. That is something that I am desiring more now today than I ever have. Authentic, real conversations. I don't want them to be just you know, platitudes and, and just surfacey conversations. I want to go deep. I want to have those deep conversations where I am drawn to be authentic and real. And the person that I'm talking with is drawn to do so as much. So keeping your thoughts fixed on what is authentic and real. He goes on to say, beautiful and respectful. And we need to ask ourselves, Oh, this is a big one. Are we being respectful to one another in our stress? I look at our world right now, and what I see is a lot of people reacting out of stress, out of PTSD for some, those PTSD triggers where we react out of fight or flight. And we're not thinking about what we're saying or doing, we're just reacting. And here God is telling us to say beautiful and respectful things through the words of Paul. And we need to ask ourselves, are we being respectful to one another in our stress? Am I reacting or am I being respectful and beautiful to others? Pure and holy, keeping our hearts clean before God. Always, always may our heart cry be to have clean hands and a pure heart merciful and kind. That is on the forefront of my mind with so much anger and frustration in our nation on all sides. We need to be merciful and kind to one another. And as we're praying and sharing with God all the details of his life, his peace, which transcends our human understanding, and what that means is we can't explain God's peace, but it's there. It fills us It leads us, it rests in us and on us. And God's peace rests in us when we invite him in through prayer. So going back to our topic today about having a thankful heart while facing difficulties, how do we press on and not shut down? How do we become overcomers as God's word encourages us to do so? So in Philippians 3.12, it says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of for me. And in the Passion Translation, it says, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. So God wants us to run with passion into his abundance for us, reaching forward, pursuing the race that God has set before us, not focusing on being perfect, but focusing on pressing forward. And those are two completely different mindsets. Now, hold on, friends. I'm getting to the list soon, but there are some valuable insights that we can gather from God's word about our lives today. So with the struggles, the overwhelming struggles that so many of us have faced in this season of our lives, I just shared with you about me having COVID and symptoms still a year later, and many 
have lost loved ones and we've lost our peace and we've lost knowledge that God is for us, then who can be against us even when it feels like there is opposition against us? Even when we're in the middle of our greatest and our hardest struggles, God is with us, with political unrest, with pandemic impacts, with civil protests, financial struggles, hardship, cost of living going through the roof, loss of jobs, family stresses, tiredness, weariness, the fear of what is to come. Through all of that, it's with us. And my question is, Has our peace become dependent on our circumstances versus dependent on being on and through God? And there's a struggle within us to be overcomers right now. And many struggle to press in and to press on instead of just we shut down when hardship comes. Philippians 3.14, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God of, of Christ Jesus. Now, in Genesis, Jacob wrestles for his answer, to be touched by God. He was not satisfied. He knew that there was something more, and he wrestled with God as he was going back to deal with some things. And it was in that place, it was in that season that God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. And are we, are you and I, are we wrestling with God right now in the things that are taking place in our life? Is there a deep work that God is doing in you? that he's doing in me. And it's often in the middle of that deep work that we realize we're wrestling with God for our answer and for our breakthrough. Now, the easy thing would be, let's just go through the window. Let's go a different way. And we know story after story in the Bible when individuals have tried to do things their own way, tried to get their answer from God their own way, and how it didn't work out so well. But when we wait on God for our breakthrough, it comes. Now, maybe you can relate to the Israelites when they were in the desert after they were freed from Pharaoh. We've got to think about what was that situation that they just came out of. They had lived a life of oppression. And here they have their freedom, but trusting God is something that they have not done on that level before. They have not walked that journey. They started to complain and become ungrateful for their deliverance. And began to bicker and be divisive. And because it wasn't what they thought it was going to be while they were in the desert. And doesn't that sound like us? Doesn't that sound like you and me? And it's not time to point fingers at others, but instead it's to search our own hearts. To be an individual that has a grateful heart, we need to recognize and do that work. What is the condition of my heart? And that's what all of these scriptures are really leading us to what is the condition of my heart and how am I reacting, affecting what God is trying to do in my life? When Jesus was born, his life was not what the Jewish people thought it was going to be. How Jesus came was not how they thought our Messiah is going to come and how he came did not line up with their narrative at all. But God has a plan. It may not feel like there's a plan. It may not feel like our current lives line up with a narrative of what our life should be. But I want to reassure you, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for my life. In the middle of all that we are facing today, this month, 
this year. We need to hold on to the heart of gratefulness in the little things in life and the beauty around us day by day. And there is a heart change that God wants to do in us. So one last thought, and then we're going to jump into our list today. Later in history, when we were just talking about the Israelites and how they were freed from Egypt and bondage and they had ungrateful hearts, they were complaining. Later in history, when the Israelites were in captivity to Babylon, they were in captivity. And one of the most quoted scriptures is Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. But what we don't realize is that scripture was given when the Israelites were in captivity in Babylon, in the Valley of Dry Bones in Ezekiel 37. And that's about God is going to restore and breathe life back into broken dreams, forgotten things. And Ezekiel 36, it's about a heart of flesh for a heart of stone. And all of these are about a heart change that God is doing in them. And it was while they were in captivity. May I say that God is doing a heart change in you and I. This is all about our heart condition. So focusing on being grateful and giving thanks is about doing the transformative work within our hearts, about not being stuck in victim thinking or focusing on our circumstances, because that's when our depression and anxiety symptoms increase. That's when fear increases. That's when the what ifs happen. But instead, what we're going to do is we're going to focus on these 14 ways to cultivate a grateful heart. So let's jump into our list. Number one, journal three things a day that you're thankful for. Do this every day for 30 days. Now, you know, we hear about this and, and often we do this for the month of November, but I encourage you that may this become a lifestyle that you do it every day, 365 days a year. So what we're going to do is we're going to look for the small everyday gifts that are all around us each day. Now, today I'm thinking about the little buds that are beginning to take place on my Thanksgiving cactus that sits in my kitchen window. And I know how beautiful those flowers are. I think about the fall colors that are all around. We've got orange and yellow and red leaves all around us, and they're bursting forth. They're taking over in the vibrance of their color. And yes, I could focus on the leaves are falling. That means winter is coming. But I'm choosing to focus on the beauty of the season of fall. And choosing on the gift of what they are to us. And I'm also thinking about the video calls that I get to do with my children and my, and my grandkids. That is a gift to me. So I want you to find the beauty in three things a day that you're thankful for. Not so much on, yes, we're thankful for a roof over our head and food on our table. Those are very good things to be thankful for. But find the things in our everyday life as well. So number two, to cultivate a grateful heart is worship. Scripture says to come into his courts with praise. Now, worship actually shifts and changes our heart. Circumstances may not change, but our mindset, our heart focus, it does change. And worship is also a powerful tool in spiritual warfare. 
As we magnify God bigger than our circumstances, there is a shift that takes place not only in our hearts and our minds, but spiritually in the atmosphere around us and the circumstances that we're facing. The third one to cultivate a grateful heart is focus on thankfulness and not on negativity. Having a positive mindset makes all the difference. So we need to focus on what we're grateful for. And when negativity rises up within us, we need to turn around and we need to find at least one thing in that situation that we can be thankful for. Number four, endure difficult seasons with a thankful heart. Oh, that was a difficult one, isn't it? To be thankful in a difficult season. I look to Carrie Tim Boone, who, when I think of this, about having a thankful heart in a difficult season. She was in Nazi concentration camps because she was Jewish, and she learned to be thankful in the most horrendous season, in the most difficult time in her life. And that thankfulness transformed her. And later, she was able to extend forgiveness to one of the guards that camp after she'd been freed. She was actually speaking and sharing, and he came walking down the aisle, and she recognized him immediately. And there was a wrestling within her. She was wrestling with God. And it was, do I extend forgiveness to him or do I not? And she knew that she needed to extend forgiveness, and she had a thankful heart in the midst of all that she was facing. Number five, celebrate with others in their victories. Taking our focus off of ourselves, and we need to celebrate others. We need to lift one another's up. It's not always about us. If we're only focusing on ourselves, we become more and more self-centered. So let's make a point to celebrate others this week. In fact, I want to challenge you this next week, once a day, to make a post on your social media of sharing one person a day that you want to celebrate the victories that are happening in their lives. And then may that go beyond just that one week. Okay, number six in our 14 ways to cultivate a grateful heart. Have a giving heart and a servant's hands. We need to give to others during this season and beyond. We need to give more than financial means, which that is needed, but we need to serve others. We need to do for others. We need to find ways to bless them. There's always somebody less fortunate than us. There's always room for someone in need near us, and we need to have our eyes open. We need to find them, we need to bless them, and we need to serve them. Number seven, We need to celebrate the small beginnings with equal enthusiasm as the big blessings. Those small blessings, those small beginnings in our lives gathered together become big blessings and big beginnings. We need to be content, number eight, with our life. Let's not compare ourselves to others, but instead be content with where we are right now. We live in a society that's always wanting more. Today, this year, let's be content with what we have. Let's not focus on the next car, the next big new thing that comes out, but let's just be content with where we are. Let's be content with what we have. And let's not focus on what others have, but be grateful and content at the season that God has us in in our lives. Number nine, 
Let's share and show our appreciation for others. Let's remember to say thank you. I appreciate you. You're a blessing in my life. People need to hear these words. I am so grateful for your giving. I am so grateful for the blessing that you have been in my life. So let's make a point to do that on a regular basis. Number 10 in our 14 ways to cultivate a grateful heart. Number 10 is fix your eyes on Jesus and not on your circumstances. Now, I know we talked about that a little at the beginning, and some of the most joyful and thankful people I know have faced some of the most darkest and most difficult times as well. And as they're facing those great difficulties, they have learned to fix their eyes on Jesus and God's peace, thankfulness, and joy comes out of them. Just like Paul, as we read at the beginning of that's what we read in Philippians. We don't read about his prison years, his prison time. We read about the joy and the thankfulness and the peace that's in his life. Number 11, in our 14 ways to cultivate a grateful heart, live a life rooted in God's word. Okay, just as I shared today, different examples from God's word. God's word has the answer we need for every situation we are facing. Whatever you are facing today, look up scriptures for that. In fact, it's so easy now because all you got to do is go to Google and scriptures on anxiety, scriptures on grief, scriptures on finances. Like it is so easy for us to get a list of those. So, we need to be live a life rooted in God's word because God's word is going to transform our thinking. And as we saturate our minds and our hearts in God's word every day, that is how we are cultivating a thankful, grateful heart. It's the rain that comes in. It's the nourishment that we need. And out of that grows gratefulness and thankfulness. Number 12 in our 14 ways to cultivate a grateful heart is write thank you notes. Thank you notes touch people. I can't begin to say how many thank you notes I have kept over the years. In fact, I have a basket that is filled with notes that people have given to me going back many, many years. And and every once in a while, I pull them out and I read them. They mean so much to me and they are such encouragements. And so timely for that time in my life. They do something in my heart when I receive them, but I also want to tell you they do something in my heart when I give them to others. So be sure to write thank you notes to others. Number 13 of our 14 ways to cultivate a grateful heart is pray. Now, many of you are saying, I do pray, but let's pray a different way. Let's not pray our opinions because if we're honest, a lot of times when we're praying, we are praying our opinions. Let's not pray our opinions, but let's pray for our needs, pray for others, and lift others up to Jesus, and that transforms our heart. So if you're struggling with someone, pray for them, but that's not your opinion. Pray that God blesses them. Pray that God pours into them, and that they have an encounter with God that is life-changing. God tells us to pray for our enemies, 
And we need to pray for our difficult circumstances, and we need to trust that God hears us. And we need to learn to not just pray our opinion, but God, what is your will in this situation? Lord, come in and intervene and do your will in this situation and help me to see your will. That's a hard one. So the last one in our 14 ways to cultivate a grateful heart is that thankful hearts begin with our attitude. We need to actively make a choice to change our attitude to not let that negativity reign in our hearts, but instead choose today to change our attitude to a grateful attitude, to a good attitude. And let's be honest, we all know when we have a bad attitude. We all know when we're in a bad mood. And this is where we got to go back to this list of these 14 things and say, okay, I have gotten caught up in something else. I need to go back to God's word. I need to go back to praying. I need to go back to worship. I need to go back to giving and serving and doing for others. And out of all of those things, our attitude changes. So we need to focus on our attitude and not let that ruin circumstances that we're in, but instead turn it around and be thankful. So today, I want to encourage you to put these action steps into practice. Start with a couple, then add some more. And as you do this, your life is going to be transformed and thankfulness and gratitude is going to sprout forth in your heart and it's just going to pour out onto others. And may this go beyond, like I said earlier, may this go beyond the Thanksgiving season and become a way of living for each of us. So now for the freebies. In the spirit of Thanksgiving, I am just so thankful and grateful that you, my friend, have been a part of the Fully Restored podcast community. And because of that, I wanna give you something. I have two freebies that you can get when you go to my website, fullyrestored.love. You can find the instructions as well in the show notes. And the first one is what we're talking about today is the 14 ways to cultivate a grateful heart. So I put all those into a PDF just for you. And the second freebie is that I created some gratitude journaling worksheets for you to use as you begin to put into action what we've been talking about today. And I wanna hear from you because I'm so excited about giving these both to you. And I'm excited about going on this journey with you of cultivating a grateful heart. Today, I have loved sharing with you about this topic. And I'm glad, friends, that we're on this journey together. The show notes and all the information that I shared today can be found on my website, as I shared a minute ago. That's fullyrestored.love. Yes, that's .love. And I would love to stay connected with you, so be sure to find me on my Instagram or Facebook page. Both of those are at author Kristen Klaus. I pray that this Thanksgiving weekend will be filled with God's peace, with God's love, God's joy. And I realize that It's not the holiday it's been in the past for some, but let's actively make a choice to cultivate that gratefulness in our hearts from this day forward, because out of that, there is abundant fruit that is going to come forth. 
So it is a joy to have been with you today. Happy Thanksgiving. Have a blessed time with your family and friends. And remember, friends, nothing or no one is beyond restoration with our Jesus.